Good morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I'm glad everybody's here. It's obviously Communion Sunday, March 1st. How did you enjoy your leap year day? Mine was pretty much like every other day. A lot of Saturday work, honeydew stuff. Um, Deacon's offering this Sunday, that's today right now. There's envelopes in your orders of worship and bulletins. Um, This is the crucial fund where we serve the least and the lost, the most needy. So this is, a, this is a moment where we pause for a second and think about, is there a way that I could help more? Um, lunch Bunch this Wednesday. Also this Wednesday, we start Lenten Quiet Nights. They start at 5 p.m. and they go to 6 p.m. They start um, with a devotional led by Don Beard, and then they, that's a half hour, and then there's a half hour of eating soup and bread, and then there's Lenten family nights, and that's led by Malia and I, and you bring your families, and we start at 5.30. We start with the bread and the soup, you know, as Jason Griffiths likes, so we start with the food, and then we end with a devotional uh, led by my wife and I. And that's from 5.30 to 6.30. And it's the next five weeks over Lent. Notice that next week is spring forward. Man, who in here votes to end that someday? <laughs> Holy smokes. Anybody who's ever had a child, right? What is that about? My children, uh, anyway, okay. Whoever thought of that is awesome, but I'm going to pray for that soul. And then uh, also, Amy's going to be preaching. So if they don't spring forward, If you don't spring forward, you'll catch the tail end of the benediction or something. <laughs> and then let's pass the blue fellowship pads around and greet each other in the name of the Lord. That was a long check-in time, but I needed that. Everybody stand for this morning's call to worship. And we're going to do this morning's call to worship a little different. Um, I'm going to say, tested by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus said, and you're going to respond with, you shall worship the Lord your God alone. You got it? Tested by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus said, Getting better. <laughs> Tested by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord your God alone. One last time. 
tested by the devil in the wilderness. You shall worship the Lord your God alone. Let's worship the Lord our God. and send the children and youth up. Good morning. It's so good to see all your faces today. 
and this one's too. So this week, we began a very important season in our church year. Does anyone know what season we just started? Lent, yes. Do you remember how long Lent lasts? Don shared this with us with his message. 40 days, but what did he share? Do you guys remember that extra part? You holding me? Thank you. She's holding me up. 40 days, that's right. And we got Saturdays for free because I guess when you do the math, there's actually more than 40 days, so don't forget that Saturdays are free. So the word Lent comes from another word, Lente, which means springtime. And that makes sense since Lent and Easter always happen during springtime. Yes. Okay. So as I was thinking about springtime and Lent, I realized there are many things that we do in the springtime that are similar to the things that we do during Lent. Um, And so I'm kind of going to explain that to you. Um, So in the springtime, I like to open up my windows, let fresh spring air in. But what's something that we can do for Lent? What can we open up? Our hearts, our minds, maybe our Bible. We can open up our Bible and read more. Uh, God speaks a fresh word to us and fills our hearts with his presence so we can spend more time in our Bible. Um, What's another thing that people do during spring? Spring cleaning. So we like to clear out clutter, um, go through our closets, take out things, heavy coats, old shoes. Um, So what could we clear out for Lent? What are things in our lives that we really don't need? It could be something maybe you're already clearing out in your life. Maybe, yeah, go ahead. Toys that you haven't played with. Always, we always also need to do, we sweep up. So that's part of that spring cleaning, right? We're sweeping. Um, We have to try and find to clean up the dirt in your home that's been hiding all winter. Um, So for Lent, it's good to ask ourselves, how we can clean out ourselves. Have we made any mistakes, messes that we need to clean up in our hearts? And do we need to ask God to be forgiven? We can also plant. We can plant seeds. And we can plant seeds in others' lives when we are kind or helpful or when we tell someone about Jesus. So for Lent, let's think of something you can do that will become something beautiful for someone else and do it in the name of Jesus, the one who did something really beautiful for you. Let's close in prayer. Dear Jesus, we love you. Help us to open up our Bibles, clear out our clutter, sweep up our messes, and plant seeds of love. Amen. Stay.
from my mother's womb. You have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family.
Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. In faith and in penitence, let us go together before God and confess our sins against neighbor and against God. Together. Our Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your Spirit so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. As far as the East is from the West, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. Know that in Christ, that we are a new creation, and we have been forgiven. Amen.
Welcome to Lent. As an introduction, I'd just like to point out the fact that there's a lot of both ands in our life. Um, the kingdom of God is both here but not yet. As we're going through Lent and participating in the sufferings of our, of our Lord and Savior, um, there's fasting and there's feasting on the presence of God. There's both and. Um, our lives are full of a lot of joy. Pause for a second and think of all the joyful things that happened to you this week. And then pause for a second. At the same time, all the pain that you experienced or friends of yours experienced. We live in this world where there's both ands everywhere. It's not one or the other, it's both and. And as we study the text this morning of Jesus' encounter with this Pharisee named Nicodemus, I just want us to keep that in, in our minds. John 3, I'm going to start in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the womb of, the, of their mother and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of God be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. 
Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. First, Pharisee. Pharisee Nicodemus. Everybody know what a Pharisee was? An expert in the law of God. Ex- expert in the, what we call the Old Testament as followers of Jesus. And I think it's wise to just point out that it's good to have skeptics in our lives. It's good to have questions. It's good to have question askers. If you don't have anybody in your life that challenges you, change that. Because I don't know, if he wouldn't, maybe he wouldn't have said the John 3.16 thing if he hadn't have been a questioner. And I think we all need to acknowledge there's always a questioner in each of us, right? We need to keep that edge. The moment we have all the answers, the moment we can't really learn anything, right? Who in here has a teenager? Okay, point taken. Okay, point Griffiths. Okay. So he, 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 he bumps into this guy, Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is an expert, but he's got questions, and he's got thoughts, and he's got intrigue, and he, he asks the Son of God, Jesus, he says, Jesus, okay, tell me about this. Tell me about this. What does he ask him? That wasn't hypothetical. What does he ask him? Anybody say it? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. How do you get to heaven is how kind of it starts. And then he, Jesus says some, you have to be born of, 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 yeah, hold on. He first says, okay, you got to be born from above. And Nicodemus says, he, he kind of is, I think, a little pompous. A little, he's, got some, he's got his clout about him. And he says, what am I supposed to climb back in my mother's womb? You know, like what? How do you get born again? And Jesus points out the truth. It's both and. We're, we're living in two worlds at the same time. We're living in two worlds at the same time. We're, we have our physical, and we have our spiritual. I'm doing that Lenten quiet nights with the, or Lenten family thing. What's that thing called, Malia? Something. <laughs> that family devotional thing. And a couple days ago, maybe even yesterday, It asks the question, what are some things that you can't see that you know are true? Tell your neighbor. Ask your friend right next to you. What are some things that you can't see that you know are true? Very minimal talking. I don't know what's going on here. You guys were all chipper about talking about sports and stuff at the beginning. Craig? Okay. I'll bring us back together. Bring us back together. Maybe it wasn't that deep. It was really profound in our family because we started going off on all the things that we're, we can't see that, we're, that are absolutely true. Love. 
I, being a math major for one semester, said math. <laughs> and any mathematician will tell you that what we can't see is more important than what we can see. And that's Jesus' next move in this chess piece board, in his chess match with this Pharisee. He says, unless you're born of this unseen thing that is more true than anything you can possibly think of, the spirit, you can't enter into the realm, both physical or spiritual, of the kingdom of God. You can't have Jesus as your king without realizing that the unseen things are more important. The unseen things are crucial, and the most crucial of unseen things is the Holy Spirit. And then he brings in the metaphor of the wind. Who's ever been in a windstorm? He's thinking of that, not the... You know, not the gentle breeze. He's thinking of a wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going, but you just see its effects. I was in a hurricane. I was in Hurricane Gloria when I was growing up on the East Coast in, in Millis, Massachusetts. And I remember we put all tape on the windows and all this stuff. Window, we, we, we came home from our retreat. I was on a seventh grade retreat somewhere, and we came in on a bus, and then we, 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 everybody was sent home to their houses. We just tape on all the windows. We just opened up our garage, and my dad loves rocking chairs, so he set up a couple rocking chairs, and all of us as a family were just walking, and these things, trees are just flying by our garage. It's like, isn't this awesome? <laughs> my dad's kind of like me. He's kind of, I don't know. We're a little weird. But what, I'm, what Jesus is saying is the Holy Spirit, when gets involved, things drastically change. Things are transformed. Who's seen Frozen 2? There's a character. You know, oh, there's two people. I won't even tell the story. <laughs> Gloria. Gloria rolls in and transforms everything. Gloria, Holy Spirit, transforms everything. And then he says, okay, how does this happen? How does the spirit and the physical come together, and how does it all happen? We give this guy, uh, Nicodemus, kind of a bad rap, but that's an excellent question. How does it happen? Boots on the ground, what is it, how is our life going to change? And Jesus' first response, he first says, you're not going to, you're smart, but you're not that smart. You're not going to get it till after some stuff happens. And he's speaking to us way in the future. As we look back on this event, he's speaking to us. He's speaking to everybody that understands what happened or what has seen the cross play out. How does the, the physical and the spiritual roll together? How do we hear, live in the here but not yet? 
How do we suffer along with our friends but still remain to have joy? How can we see our friends falling by the wayside and still celebrate? How, does, how, do, you, how do you keep doing this? How does, how does it all mingle? And he says, first of all, you're not going to understand until you've seen the cross. And then he says, it's the cross. It's me and it's the cross. I'm going to make it happen. That's what you, Nicodemus, you're asking the heart of the heart of questions. And your, your, your answer is why I'm here. I'm here to meet the broken, the downtrodden with the victorious news that if you make me king of your life, you will have eternal, and that's not only like temporal, that's qualitative. It's glorious. It's like going from black and white to color. Then you get to the, the verse, the punchline. John 3.16. And this is the best known and most often preached about verse in the entire Bible. And who knows if, if this Nicodemus hadn't poked the Son of God in just the right way, if he hadn't have said this. I don't know. But it's, it's all to set the stage, and I think he looks straight at him. I think he's looking straight at this Nicodemus, and he's, he's making it personal. And he says, God, the greatest subject ever. So, and there's an implied so much, the greatest extent ever loved the greatest affection ever the world, the cosmos, the greatest object ever that he gave his one and only son, the greatest gift ever so that every single individual, whoever, the greatest opportunity ever who's simply entrusting oneself to him, the greatest commitment ever would never be destroyed. The greatest rescue ever but would even now have a deep, lasting, eternal life. The greatest promise ever. Does everybody in here memorize John 3.16? Let's hear it, church. Awesome to hear the different translations, right? A couple King Jamesers in here. And you know, the, what an amazing creed. What an amazing truth. And he ends this passage with the motive of God the Father. 
We don't spend enough time just sitting and reflecting about this truth. Um, we have a new member, Pachi and Troy. They have a pastor friend down in um, Brazil. And he paints while sermons happen. And I remember seeing him do it, and they were, somebody was preaching on the lost sheep. And he, he, he's up here, and he's painting this thing, and he, and he paints the shepherd reaching down off this cliff to get the sheep. And that's the heart of the Father. When Jesus is talking about that, he's talking about the motive of the Heavenly Father of sending Jesus the Son. Is it to condemn? Is it to scold? Is it to say you're not good enough? Is it to like have a laundry list of all your failures and put you down? Absolutely not. He's on the side of that cliff, and it's because of one reason. He wants to rescue you. He wants to rescue you and I. How do we apply this text? Recognize the skeptics in our midst and the skepticism in ourselves. Take the unseen truths as a comfort as we live these 40 days to prepare for Easter and the joy and the pain. We pause and we realize that we're spirit-filled and realize that as we're spirit-filled, God sent his one and only son to rescue us. Amen. Now, pause for a second. Transition. This is my internal voice outside. Can they hear me? Yes, they can. Okay. As we've just realized or just learned, or maybe relearned. God rescued us. And he rescued us, to, as my buddy back there, Mark, puts it, to be a straw. He rescues us so that whatever he's giving us flows through us so that we might rescue others. As we move towards worshiping God and experience the table together, this is the part of the service where we give back to what God has given, give back to God what God has given to us, just a portion of it. And as we do so, I would love us all to meditate and think about. Who has God placed in our path that we're supposed to be rescuing or he's supposed to be rescuing through us? This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Your only son No sin to hide have sent him from your side 
to walk upon this guilty side and to become the Lamb of God.
when our Lord instituted the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, he spoke, and this is how scripture describes it. We give you thanks that on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. This is the Lord's table. And our Lord is calling us to come to the table. We hear the gracious words, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus is calling to us, come to the table. Let your burden be lightened. So we invite everyone to come to the table. You don't need to be Presbyterian. You don't need to be a member of this church. All you need is to have made that commitment to Jesus Christ as your Savior. For when we come to the table, we affirm that belief. So you are invited to come just as the Jesus followers of old were invited. Pray with me. It is our greatest joy to give thanks and praise to you, O God, creator and ruler of the universe. You are our God, and we are the creatures of your hand. You made us from the dust of the earth, breathed into us the breath of light, and set us in your world to love and serve you. When we rejected your love and ignored your wisdom, you did not reject us. You loved us still and called to us to turn again to you in obedience and love. Out of your great love for us, you sent Jesus among us. By his dying and rising, he releases us from the bondage of sin and frees us from the dominion of death. Remembering all your merciful acts, we, we take this bread and this cup from the gifts you have given us and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. By your Spirit, unite us with the living Christ and with all who are baptized in his name, that we may be one in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Give us strength to serve you faithfully 
until the promised day of resurrection, when, with the redeemed of all ages, we will feast with you at your table in glory. Through Christ we pray. Amen. That night with his followers, Jesus took the bread and broke it. And he said, take, eat. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Eat and you will never be hungry. Come to the table.
way. That the Lord had given thanks. He picked up the cup and he said this used to be the Passover blood and they used to symbolize the Passover blood that the Jewish people spread over the doorposts so that, that their children would be spared by the angel of death. But this is no longer that. He said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And I'm making a new covenant. Paul later adds the words to the Corinthian people. As often as we, as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim that our, our sins are forgiven. And we pro- proclaim that he's coming back for us, each and every one of us. Love to give anyone new with us instructions. We take the cup as a family. So as you receive the cup, hold on to it, and then we'll all take it together. The cup of Christ, people of God.
Seminary, we went to the L.A. Cathedral. I don't know if you've ever, it's a, Our Lady of the City of Angels. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or whatever. It's the big one downtown, $230 million building. Biggest thing in there is an empty cross, which is a huge statement from the Roman Catholic Church. But as they were celebrating Mass, it was beautiful to see all of Los Angeles walk to the same cup. And they all drink, I don't know, the... That would no way it would fly in this room, <laughs> but as we as we drink together, let's bask in the truth for a second. That God was, God sent His one and only Son for us individually, and for us, we have the same Spirit raging through us. Drink the cup of salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for sending your one and only son. Thank you for meeting us with answers to our questions. Thank you for mending us back together and equipping us through your spirit, through one another, and through this table. I pray that you would flow through us and that we would rescue as we have been rescued. And all God's people said, Amen. Please stand for this morning's benediction. And just a reminder, right after this, there's food. There's, we're doing a potluck. And I've thoroughly enjoyed, as I've been here only six or seven months, you've accepted me as family, and now we're breaking together. And you, you don't get off put by the how many donuts I eat. <laughs> but for now, receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Yeah.